start with a nugget this morning. And this nugget's going to be an acrostic. You remember what an acrostic is? You don't write horizontally, you write vertically. So the word that we're going to be using this morning is debt. D-E-B-T. So D-E-B-T. Ready? This is an acrostic. Okay. D. Doing. Doing. I'm not going to give you a little explanation on, on each one of these. Doing means performing or having an action. Doing. You got that in mind? You see that? Doing? Okay. E. Everything. Everything. That's open-ended. All right? Doing everything. What's the next letter? B. But. That qualifies something or exempts something. Doing everything but. What's the next letter? T. And what's the word we're looking at? What's the word we're looking at? What's the word I had you write? Debt. Doing everything but T. Tithing. Debt. Doing everything but tithing. That's God's rule for finances. I thought you'd at least say something on that one. Okay, now you know what debt means. They're doing everything but tithing. If you're, you're tithing, you'll never get in debt. Well, somebody that took a big hurrah there, I want to tell you. Okay, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we look to your word this morning. We're thanking, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will rise up big within us, Father God, and show us greater possibilities. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. If we'll turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 1. That's the book of Proverbs, chapter 1. Proverbs, chapter 1. Oh, no, I didn't do it again, did I? I did it again. We're going to have to skip that one. How did I do that? Okay, one verse eight. One verse eight. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. So we're going to get you both this morning, moms and dads. Proverbs chapter six. Proverbs chapter six. Verse 20, that's Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. My son, keep my father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Here we go again, we got you both. And Proverbs chapter 23. Oh, glory to God. Verse 
That's Proverbs chapter 23. And looking at verse 22. That's Proverbs 23, 22. Hearken unto thy father that begot thee, and despise not the mother when she's old. Whoa, glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to start off with a question. Whatever happened to right and wrong? Whatever happened to right and wrong? Apparently there is a great responsibility to being a parent or being parents. How we conduct our, our present, uh, how we conduct and present ourselves to our children is very important. Being godly parents, we will prove to be significant blessings to the children. If we're being godly uh, parents, they'll bless our children. Our children will be blessed because of it. Okay, but today we are living in a society, society that rejects, scoffs, and pokes fun at godly principles. Okay. Uh, sadly, illegitimacy has sanctioned has been sanctioned by our, our secular culture as being perfectly all right. Fornication is a word that the average teenager doesn't even understand anymore or know. The blatant disregard of godly principles has produced in our society chaos. Hundreds of million do millions of dollars in government payments go to unwed mothers who can't afford to raise their children. And where are the dads? Hmm. What then is a real dad? Since it's Father's Day. First, a real dad is married. Uh, as a commonplace it may seem, getting married is a priority to being a dad. All right? Okay. You cannot be a good father until you are a good man, okay? A man that takes responsibility. So let's now turn to the book of Ezekiel. Find the book of Ezekiel, Old Testament again. Ezekiel chapter 22. We're going to be scanning all over the place this morning. That's Ezekiel chapter 22. Where are the dads? Now, you're going to have to look at the scriptures the way I'm presenting them and not the way that's presented here because it's just going to be kind of overlay, okay? That's uh, Ezekiel chapter 22, and we want to look at verse 30. And I sought for a man among them that should be, take up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Where are the men? Okay, now let's go back to the book of Proverbs. This time, Proverbs chapter 3. In Proverbs chapter 3, a, verse, a couple of verses that we've looked at numerous times lately. That's Proverbs chapter 3, looking at verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. And in an in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. This is what men need to do. A godly man, a father, should do. Trust in the Lord with his heart. 
and lean out to our own understanding. Sometimes we, you know, well, we'll get there later. Okay. So we need to learn to stand or lean on God. Now, this goes for women too, but, you know, we're, we're talking about the men this morning uh, a lot. Um, need to lean on the Lord. And let's see what happens here. As we lean, lean on the Lord, we go to Ephesians chapter 2. You're going to have a lot of notes this morning. Ephesians chapter 2, looking at verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. For great, That's verse 8, Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. Well, oftentimes as men, we want to do it ourselves. Find, find the perfect uh, problem, and we can solve it. Um, I mentioned a couple of times before that uh, when I was working on Matt's car, I couldn't get the stupid thing to run right. I couldn't get it to run at all, in fact. Uh, and I was leaning onto my own understanding, and, and uh, Matt came out to the ground and says, you got it fixed? I said, no, there's no way this could be fixed. I, I've got an understanding on this stuff. He says, okay. So he went in, the, went in the house and spoke to his mom, and they prayed. She came out there and said, uh, we just prayed, just see if it'll work now. It worked. So, oftentimes as men, we don't uh, we lean on to our own understanding instead of getting help from God. Uh, when men are driving, they don't like to ask for directions. <laughs> Why don't you stop? I hate when she says, "Go in." Going to stop in the gas station and find out what I'm. I'm happy now that they got GPS systems in the car. You can give them the address and you can find it. But before, could you? She said, "Stop and get the direction." No, I. I go in there. They, you, you go all over the place. Sometimes they. I think they give you a goose chase or something. They don't tell you what. You know, they give you a. You're out of town or something. They know it. And you can give you this, this way, that way. It doesn't work that way. Okay, so we need to rely more upon the Lord or our wives, one of the two. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's go to Matthew. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 18. In Matthew chapter 18, we see the same thing that we just spoke of. Matthew 18 and looking at verse 3. Matthew 18, verse 3. Again, we're speaking to men, to fathers. And he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, we, got, we have to rely upon God for our, our, our total entire being as a Christian. Um, again, it's not, it's, it's a gift to us, and it's not uh, something that uh, we acquire ourselves. Amen? Um, okay. So we're just going to bounce around a little bit. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 40 this time. Isaiah, chapter 40. Again, speaking to the fathers. Isaiah chapter 40, looking at verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. 
Again, we, as we wait upon the Lord, he'll give us, a, renew our strength. Uh, oftentimes, we, like, like I said, we, men often try to run on their own uh, I don't know what the word I want to use, but they want, we just want to run on our own. You know, we can do it. Our own knowledge, our own power. And it doesn't work that way. We need to call upon the Lord. You know, uh, you know some women do the same thing. They, they, you, they run. I mean, some guy. Oh. Renew your strength. Okay, I'll, I'll put it, I'll, I'll use it in the, in the context that uh, I'm driving down the road. My car says, gas gate says about empty. And I said, well, I can stretch it. I can stretch it. I can stretch it. Nobody's ever did that. And uh, you stretch it down the road and you're in the middle of the freeway or on the deserted road stop because uh, you, it, we need to get our strength. And God tells you to do something to do it. You know, instead of trying, you know, well, I can do it on my own or, you know, I know this car better than anybody else. You know, it doesn't work that way. You might be getting 30 miles a gallon when you first got it, but then when it's five years old, you're not only getting not 30 miles a gallon, you're only getting 18, and you're still trying to stretch it to 30. Now, true, you can pray to the Lord and, and, and stretch it out, but you know, let's have some common sense. Sometimes the Lord wants to use our Reasoning on certain things. Fall back on him. Amen? Okay. So he renews our strength. Uh, oh, here's a good one. Um, the book of Philippians. I told you we are going to jump around this morning. In the book of Philippians, we always want to do it our way. Philippians chapter 4. Look at verse 19, 419. But my God should supply all my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Amen. God will supply our needs. God will supply our needs. Unfortunately, some of us feel that uh, the only way we're going to get things is... Uh, Sometimes through hook and crook or whatever, you know, trying to uh, adjust things. But God says he's going to do it. Some of you are smiling. Have you been doing the same thing? Okay. I'm not going to have you out. Going, going further back into the, uh, forward into the New Testament, let's find the book of James. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 5. James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to men liberally, and abraith not, and, he shall, and it shall be given unto him. That's soundness. That's soundness. Asking God. Hello. Now, the hardest thing that a man or, or, or a good father or husband uh, Sometimes it is operating properly in the family setting. 
because we're off doing our own thing, you know, working, and you know, we come home, and uh, we neglect so often time as a family. And we're going to look at two individuals that were anointed of God, but messed up with their families. So we need to really, uh, as they say, uh, keep your keep yourself in the game. Okay. So let's go to First Samuel in the book of First Samuel. Well, it never happened. It never happened. Well, yeah, it does happen. You know, I you know, First Samuel chapter three. We have here the prophet Eli. And let's see. Let's go to verse 13. That's 1 Samuel 3, 13. For I have told him that I will judge his house for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. Eli failed to correct his children. Um, and as, as a parent, you want to see your children succeed, but here we see that because Eli did not control his children, teach them properly the way they should go, and when they started to err, he didn't correct them. And it was, he failed his children there. And of course, you find out his children, his two sons die because of his, oh, I love my son too much or my son's too much to correct them. Um, you've got to correct your children when they're wrong. God corrects us when we're wrong, does he not? So we need to do the same thing for our children. You know, uh, this this story of Eli and his children uh, is played over and over throughout Christianity. You look at as you read the Bible, you see where a father is honoring God, but he allows. You find out when when the when his child become takes his place as king. We're talking about the kings here. That child goes wild. He does not follow the example that he's fathered as. He follows some other person. So we need to know what we're doing with our children because they will follow you. And if you got something bad, if you're not correcting them and making the proper corrections, it goes bad. Okay, um, let's go to 1 Kings. Let's get off that one. 1 Kings chapter 1. We're going to look at David. Oh, a man after God's own heart, right? That's what they say. And it's true, but uh, he repented, but he still made a mistake. He failed his children also. In 1 Kings chapter 1, 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 5, 1 Kings Chapter 1, verse 5. Then Ananiah, uh, the son of Haggai, exalted himself, saying, I will be king 
And he prepared him chariots and horsemen and fifty men to run before him. And his father had not displeased him at any time in saying, why, why hast thou done so? And he was very a godly man, and his mother bare him after Solomon. So we see here, uh, David messed up. Uh, we could, as you read up, uh, the, one of his sons uh, had incest with his sister. He didn't do anything about it. Absalom, it was Absalom's uh, sister. He got mad because uh, King David didn't do, make any corrections to the son. And so Absalom goes out and says, we're having a party, and gets all the brothers together and, and kills, kills it, and everybody goes wild. And then David is uh, messed up. He doesn't speak to him. Then he calls him back, and then Saul, uh, Saul uh, pardon me, Absalom says, hey, uh, King David has, is a weak king. I'm, I will be your king. I will do a lot better job. I understand you. And, of course, he tries to overthrow everything, and it, he failed. David failed, failed his family. Think about it. It can happen in the best of Christian families. We need to be careful. Amen? Pray for your children. Okay. Uh, first thing we need to do now is go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. This is what we need to do as fathers and as moms. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Begin with verse 1. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity or love, I am as a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal. And though I have the gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and, and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and not have uh, love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. Why, wow, that, that is pretty heavy. So we, uh, men, we need to operate in love. Amen. First uh, Corinthians chapter 16, 16th chapter. That's First Corinthians chapter 16. Verse 22, I'm going to read from the Amplified. That's First Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, pardon, 16, verse uh, 22. If anyone does not love the Lord, does not have a friendly affection for him, and is not kindly disposed towards him, he shall be accursed. Our Lord will come. Maranatha. We need to have a love. Uh, and that love goes beyond. Now here's, here's one that is hard. Um, find the book of Luke and you want to find the 23rd chapter. That's Luke chapter 23. And Luke chapter 23 Can I? Don't. Look at verse 34. Luke 23, 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, 
for they know not what they do. We're talking about dads, talking about... When we've ever held a grudge, don't raise your hand. Even sometimes I think I've forgiven some people. Sometimes I think I've forgiven some people. And sometimes their, my, my, their faces pop up in front of me. Oh, I like to get a hold of that guy and just, just. It's bad news. I mean, the devil knows, knows those things, and he'll bring up things that, that I have forgiven because I'm supposed to, but he'll bring them up and then just brings back brings up back the old, old nature, and I just want to get even with these people. I mean, this is going back to high school. I was a, one of the runts. I was one of the, I was, I was a, we had one, uh, you're not supposed to, uh, little people, little persons, and I was only about that much higher. <laughs> and uh, I got picked on. I mean, he got picked on a little bit, but. I got picked on, and I, I mean, and the situation, it'd be, uh, uh, the guys that were picking on me was, was it, uh, was it Mutt and Jeff? You got a tall guy, and the other guy was kind of short, and the little guy would bother me, and the other guy would just kind of get in there to, you know, enforce what he was saying, and it just ticked me off. I wanted to just smash him. They were always trying, you know, but I've forgiven him. If, if I found out one guy went in the Air Force, I wanted to find out where he was stationed. I was going to fix him up good. <laughs> well, that's, that's wrong. <laughs> Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know, know what they do. They don't know what they're doing. I, do. I wasn't knowing what I was doing either when I was trying to get even with them. None of you, I can see. You are saintly people out there. None of your. How about jokes? Everybody had, had to pull a prank on you and you wanted to get even with them? You are good. I, and I have to tell you all these things. I was, I was working at PG&E and the, the guys were always horsing around. So I, uh, I can't remember what I did to this one guy. So we had these stools. You know, you, you sit at your desk and with high stools, maybe the metal stools. So it was just, and you know, go sit down. This guy had put water all over it and they didn't even see it. And I sat down in that sucker. Oh, I was mad. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how, how to get even with him. <laughs> None of you, you guys could laugh at it and enjoy my mistakes. I hope I'm not giving you any ideas. Okay, we need to forgive. Uh, why should we forgive? Let's go to, since we're in the New Testament, let's go to Romans chapter 3. In Romans chapter 3. This is why we need to forgive them. Just like, like Jesus. Because we've been changed. Oh, I'm glad all of you have got changed out there. Romans chapter 3. Look at verse 23. Romans 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So everybody's messed up, but 
Jesus forgave us. We need to do the same thing. Amen. Don't, let, don't let something get under your skin, as they say. Uh, don't try to get, you know, you know, when someone steals your parking spot, don't park behind them where they can't get out. You know, that, or park so close that they can't get into their, into their car, driver's side car. Did you ever do that? No, you never did that. You know, they don't make parking spaces that good, big anymore. I mean, you pull in, your, pull in there, and somebody comes in there in a truck. And they, you know, they, it's a big truck, and they come in and take two, two and a half spaces, and they just cry. You know, I have to get in the passenger side to get into the driver's side to, you know. And nowadays, they, you know, in, in, in the cars, you've got that console there, and it's hard to get over a console. I mean, not as young as they used to be. <laughs> you got to be limber to get. None of you ever. Oh, you must be, have the patience of Job, right? Okay. Okay, let's uh, turn to Matthew chapter 6. We'll get the good stuff here in a minute. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Oh, that's a hard one. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. How many, there's that grudge. If you're holding your grudge on somebody, your, your debt or your offense is not forgiven. Uh, and this is what Jesus said. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. We need to have the same attitude. Uh, hello. Now, forgiveness is an act of our will. It's not an emotion. It's an act. You have to do it. Obeying God is a choice. We should not rehearse or review and revisit our offenses. Um, writing the, uh, reading this and, and studying for this, I had a very rough time with what they came out with, with uh, this IG report, when I start, I didn't, I have not read it, but I've heard excerpts of it, and that it is all tainted, it's sugar-coated, I became angry that people within our government are pulling such, I mean, I, I said if I was back there, I would, I won't tell you what it was, anything. It's bad news when, when, when it's not, it doesn't affect me that much. I mean, you know, the report didn't affect me, but it affected, affected the president and all that he stands for. And I became offended because he was being, so, I, you know, I had to say, I forgive these guys as much as, 
I had to bite my tongue doing it. Because I don't, I don't think these guys deserve to be forgiven. But that's not for me to say. It says I have to forgive them. God, God's going to take care of these individuals. So I've, I've just got to learn to bite my tongue on certain things because I am politically inclined on certain things. Uh, and uh, I could be very... Uh, I'm too opinionated, I'll put it that way, for some people. Okay. Okay. Admit your faults. Oh, I admit my faults, okay. Uh, okay, we're not, again, we're not supposed to rehearse or review or, or, or revisit the, the offenses. Like I said, I, I took offense for, for what somebody did, to, to what they're doing to the president. I, that's, that's wrong. They don't know what they're doing. And I got to pray that uh, it says if we pray for him that the coals of fire would fall on him so <laughs> I've got some, I've got, see it, it comes out <laughs> uh, oh my gosh thank, oh uh, boy gotta pray again before I take communion <laughs> oh Maybe I should have somebody else come up here. <laughs> what, should, what, what should we know that, uh, that as men or as women, what, what, do we, what should we know? Uh, going to first, uh, pardon me, Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians. We, we saw these, seen all these scriptures, but in Second Corinthians chapter five, Second Corinthians chapter five. Here we go. Verse 17, therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. We've got to recognize this. This has to be, you could say, this has to be our theme song. That I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things are new. Forget about the past. I need to forget about the past, okay? This doesn't, doesn't that sound good? All things have passed away. Look at, look at number, uh, let's go to 1 Peter now. In First Peter chapter one. Oh. I wonder I can't find it. I'm, I'm in second Peter. First Peter chapter one. Look at verse twenty three. First Peter chapter one, verse twenty three. Being born again, not of corruptible seed but incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth for I don't have corruptible seed in me. You don't have a corruptible seed in you. So we need to stand tall on these verses. We need to know these things. Amen? Glory to God. Let's go to Psalms 112. Psalms 112. I said we're, we're bouncing around. And we'll get to, you know, uh, in Psalms 112. Look at verse 1. Praise, praise ye, Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. 
Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A, a good man showeth favor and lendeth to all. Lendeth. He will guide his affairs with uh, discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteousness shall be an everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil things. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Something great. His heart is established, and he shall not be afraid until he sees the desires upon his enemies. Glory. He hath dispersed. He hath given to the poor. His, his righteousness endures forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall, uh, he shall get, gnash with his teeth and melt away. Desires of the wicked shall perish. Glory to God. That's good news. That's a teaching for, for a good man. There's a lot there. Stand tall. You can, uh, what is that? Run through a troop and jump over a wall, as David says. Now let's go to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians. All the way back to the New Testament. Oh, boy. In the book of Colossians, chapter 3. This is what men should know. Colossians 3, beginning with verse 19. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, for they, uh, lest they be discouraged. Wow, there's, a, there's some right, things right there that we need to establish in our, in our lives. We shouldn't, uh, uh, well, we need to love our wives and, 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 uh, and fathers, we should not provoke our children to anger. Uh, we can discourage them. And that's something that... Uh, Unfortunately, a, a lot of uh, what we'll be looking at in a second. We need to see, see the job of being fathers or parents as the most important thing we do in this world. There's nothing higher than, if you're a parent, there's nothing higher than you can do than being a, a proper parent. Okay, So that we need to commit our children to the Lord. Meeting our children to the Lord is, is when we bring them for baptism, when we not baptize them, but when we uh, dedicate our children to the Lord. We promise the Lord that we will do certain things for that child while they are with us. Amen? So that's committing our children to the Lord. Uh, second thing, we need to be uh, godly examples before our children. Um, I'll get into that a little bit. That's, that's going to be a rough one. Uh, teach them, and we need to teach our children to, to become faithful stewards as they grow up. Another thing we need to do is spend time with them. We say, well, it's not so much, you say, well, I don't have enough time, but I'll give them quality time. I'll give them an hour, you know, here. No, a child needs more than quality time. He needs time all the time. You do, that's how they will develop into uh, proper uh, 
So that's the way you train them. Um, questions that we need to ask ourselves. Are we leading our family in prayer? Are we teaching our, our children to pray? I mean, not just at, at uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but are we teaching them to pray? Or at, uh, at uh, bedtime, are we teaching them to pray? We need to teach our children to pray. Um, are you teaching, teaching the, uh, them the word? We need to know that uh, uh, the word is what's going to get them through. Okay. Have you prayed with them and for them? I mean, oh, uh, come here. Let me. Uh, you got a bruise, you know, a bump, or that's the only time you pray for. Them. No, you gotta, you gotta pray with them. You know, uh, maybe going to school. You know, you pray, for, pray for them as they go to school, or if they're having a test or something. Pray, pray for them. Pray for their friends, so that they they know that you have um, a connection with them, that you can communicate with them. Okay, um, we need to teach them scriptural truths, what what the word word of God tells them, or what. Uh, and then we should we should be able to show our our faith is is important to us, so that when they see that you have faith using your faith, they see it's important to you that they'll begin to want and desire to have that type of faith to grow in their lives, okay? Then, uh, of course, uh, bringing, bring up our child in the admonition of the Lord. Okay, here we go. Okay. This is the hard part here. Uh, it's very sad to say that there are fathers who neglect their children and let, let them slip away from eternal truths to teach them worldly values and to develop habits uh, that will become strongholds in a, a child's future life, okay? Um, this is a, when, when we teach the children worldly things, it's a criminal act to do it to your own child. I mean, it's bad when, you, when people do it to other people, but when you do it to your own child, that's a criminal act. A child's sense of right and wrong becomes tainted by the parent's adult misbehavior. So if you're having misbehavior, pits or something, and the children see it, they begin to pick up on that, and they, they say, well, mom does it, dad does it, hey, it's all right to do it with my little playmate over here, or Susie, or they, they get that same aura around them that uh, stinks, I'll put it that way, because other people will see it, uh, I think. Laurel might see some of these kids doing it. She sees the, the effects of the parents on the children, and the children then goes to other children and it affects, you know, so it's a pass it on type thing, okay? Um, those that uh, have been taking the, the Wednesday class, you, you remember A.A. A. Allen, okay? A.A. Allen's parents gave him alcohol to drink and cigarettes to smoke at the age of three. You remember that? Uh, the parents thought it was cute and funny, but the situation would play. This situation would plague him all his life. I mean, it, it, as you read about him, you, you saw that these things, the, the alcohol, the cigarettes, they came to forefront. People would say, "You, you, you did that." Oh, I've seen him do that. So. What we implement on our child is, is, is it'll hurt, okay? An adult can tolerate such things. 
you know, you're smoking, you're drinking, all that type of thing. But an innocent child has no comprehension of right and wrong, so they'll go ahead and do what mom and dad does. Hello. Eli, David, well, you know, they can do it, I can do it. Okay? Okay. Parents uh, are not thinking of the injustice that they're doing for their own children. Um, only, uh, oh, it's only once in a while? Well, just go ahead and, and let them develop a craving that you have. Because they see it, that you have it, they're going to they're develop a craving themselves. The results might not be to your liking. I mean, you know. Uh, here we go. I go tell myself again. Okay. Um, picking up traits from your, from your parents. Okay, when I was little, ooh, yeah, little, uh, my dad cursed. I mean, not some of the some foul words, but I mean, I mean, you know, cursing. Not some of the words you hear nowadays, but cursing, you know. And I hear it. So, so one day, I was out there. I don't know who was out there. Anyway, I got mad. You know how kids get mad? And I learned some good words. Blah, 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 blah. And they went and told my mom. They came out there. They ran me down with a bar of soap and a toothbrush. I had a mouth washing because of my foul mouth. Oh, that. <laughs> you know, my mom told my dad what I said. And after that, he never again cursed in front of me. Because he didn't want me to follow that footsteps that he had. And he, I, like I said, I never heard him curse again. But it, it took a change there for him. It was a learning lesson for him as well as for me. I got the soap. I think it was ivory soap if I remember correctly. But children, children will pick up things. I mean, you don't think, you know, what you're doing, they pick it up. So we need, we need to watch what we're doing, watch what we're trying, watch what we're trying to Im implement with them, you know. You know, uh, like, like I said, A.A. Allen, folks thought it was funny to have their kids uh, drinking and smoking cigarettes, and they thought it was funny that he was staggering all over the place. But it followed him through his life. A child doesn't know. They, once they get that, that habit within them, it's hard to break. Thank you for all the amens out there. Glory to God. Okay. Uh, we need to become godly parents. We often hear today that we need to put the family first. Amen? Isn't that right? Wrong. Family does not come first. Seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The first thing is God. When your child sees that you have God first, then the family, and then your occupation or whatever. 
but it's God first. My family, you, know, you hear my family's first. You know, no, that's wrong. Christians, as Christians, we, we mess that, that. That's a problem with a lot of Christian families. My family's first. No, God's first. They're putting their family ahead of God. Oftentimes, we, you know, we'll do things. Well, God says we need to do this. Well, we need a new car, so we're going to uh, borrow on our tithe. No, that's not. You don't borrow on your tithe. I'll, I'm just using that as an illustration. Hey, if you're doing it right, uh, you borrow on the tithe. God says you borrow in, in, in the book of Leviticus, I believe it is. You borrow it, you owe 20% on top of that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, God's a businessman. He, want, he wants to bless us, okay? He tells us, hey, why am I telling you all this? Oh, here we are at Bible school. And, uh, you know, finances are tight. You're, you're, you're paying for this and that. You in, the, in, in school know that you know, finances are tight. So, so we thought, we heard, you don't have to pay your tithe. You can, you know, you need, if things are tight, take care of these other things and then pay your tithe. Um, so we, did, we started doing that. We're robbing God. They said, you know, you know what Malachi said, if you rob God, then, uh, it's wrong. So we're doing that. All of a sudden, my, my, our, our, the only vehicle that's running we got started breaking down. So I had someone fix it. They were a mechanic. It broke down again cost me twice the amount that a regular place did. And then, you know, not learning there, <laughs> we'd go out to eat. Oh, you know, we'd go out to, you know, you know not, nothing fancy, but we'd go out Instead of putting the money where it should go, we were using it ourselves, going out to eat in, you know, not a real fancy place, but a nice place. And God says, hey, if, I don't know how, how it was put. Uh, if you're putting yourself there and you put me second, how, am I how can I bless you? So we had to, it took a while to turn things around, but we did turn it around. Don't ever mess with God on, on some of the things that the covenant blessing is yours. Don't remove the covenant blessing. I'll put it that way. Okay. Um, we cannot be good parents unless we are good Christians. That means following God. Verse, uh, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a, a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he shall not depart from it. So training a child. We need to train ourselves for one. Uh, first timer, you know, first timer, first time parents, you're training yourself. Uh, so it's time to set our priorities. God first. God first. 
family and then your job or your occupation. But God is always first. Your family is not going to get you into heaven. God first. We need to uh, live God's way to bring forth the covenant blessings. Amen. Glory to God. Well, thank you for all the amens and hallelujahs out there. Talking about the mess up. Uh, look at the, uh, the nugget today. It's true. Debt comes because we're doing everything but tithing. Okay, glory to God. Um, we're going to have communion here in a moment. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, again, this is a covenant. This is a a covenant blessing that we have. Um, Paul writes in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, uh, beginning with verse 23, For I have received the Lord, that which I also del delivered to you, that the, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body, which is broken for you during the remembrance of me. He gave thanks for this. He gives thanks for, what, for this covenant that he's ready to give us, to implement. The bread, the body, I should say, the bread that represents the body, the body his body that took on the stripes, the beating, the bruises. As you look in the Word of God, it tells us by his stripes we are healed. Uh, he sees by, in, in uh, Matthew, I think it's 17, he sees violently the sicknesses and disease that were transferred to us by Satan. He, he sees violently. He pulled them off us violently. He didn't say, oh, just give it to me. He just ripped it out to place, himself, place it on himself that we wouldn't have to, have to be ill or have sickness or even have that, the mind, that, that body is speaking of our mind too. We don't have to have uh, dementia and all that other type of stuff because it's been paid for. Until we get, you know, we need to really start to look into some things. And then, and then verse 25, and after the same manner, he took the cup which he supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as you offer, you drink it in remembrance of me. Remembering that the blood washed away all our sins, provided a way into the family of God, being adopted. We had a transfusion. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You, you got a transfusion. Old things are nothing of the old old self is there, unless we dra drag it up. And our minds have to be what, in according to Romans 12:1 and 2, 
must be renewed, not conform to the world, but renewed to what God's Word says. And God's Word is higher at a higher level than what we can think. And oftentimes we are going by reasoning instead of logic. And God's logic is always higher. Amen. Glory to God. So if the, uh, my able helpers will come forward. Whoa.